0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I am with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, We're going to talk today some more about Allison rebuilding her '89 Nissan SX between her your vehicle repair question calls. Okay, now first off, what's the difference between a 240 and an SX, or is it just X, SX is the shortcut for saying 240?
2: 240 SX altogether.
1: Okay. How do you say it? And the 240 stands for 2.4 liter engine. Ooh. Okay. Uh, see, see, I love learning. I love learning these kinds of things. Okay. We talked a little bit about this on our previous episode. You're rebuilding this so that you can participate in autocross. Um, is this uh, is this Nissan the 240 SX? Is this a, a typical kind of race car? Uh, for uh, autocross or for other types of racing? It actually
2: is. It's got a pretty good racing heritage on this car. And then it's a, it's a version, basically, of a Z car, which has a, a huge legacy of racing with Nissan. So it's got a lot of racing heritage on this vehicle. It's, it, it races all kinds of races.
1: Did you say Z like Zebra?
2: z like zebra that's the nissan z car that was so popular for so long and it's still a really popular car and you've got the 350z the there's actually a 240z the 2.4 liter version um that was the first one that came out and uh so that's a really popular car and the 240sx is basically a four-cylinder
1: version of that car okay all right um why are you doing this? <laughs> why, why, you know. It is, it is
2: a, a, a crazy endeavor to, to partake in. It, um, it's costing more than I thought, and of, of course, you know, and it's, it's kind of an expensive hobby. But um, because racing is, it just comes natural to me. I absolutely love it, and I'm addicted to it, and this is the kind of thing, links you go to to make it happen. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's just so much fun. And the community is really great and supportive. And, and so it's just, it's, you know, it's good people. Good good, good fun. It's good. Uh, I like to call it a good clean fun. It's, you know, it's, there's no drinking and driving or anything like that involved or anything like that. It's just getting out there and racing. And it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm more of a house hunters-watching kind of person. And I know um, a lot of individuals will purchase a home that needs work because then they can get it cheaper than a turnkey house and they can get things the way they want and they can add value because um, if you have to do the work yourself – it's, you know, less expensive than one that's already done. And, I, you know, I guess they can also have the their home to their particular needs and they know it intimately. Do you kind of feel that way that about, you know, uh, fixing up your own car?
2: Definitely. And uh, there's a saying in the race world. It's called built, not bought. And to build your own car is highly respected and uh, basically if you come in and you and you bought a car that is already fixed up and already has all of its upgraded components the suspension the brakes and the engine and everything it's kind of uh, looked down on as you know like you don't really know your car that well you didn't put it on there yourself so to build it yourself you get to know your car very intimately and it is it is a big deal to do that yourself
1: well and you've mentioned with autocross you know the top speed might be 40 or something so it's not it's more skill than danger but i would imagine knowing your car intimately gives you more a sense of reassurance and confidence that you know you know what went into this and you know you feel safer that way right definitely mm-hmm. well we are talking with Allison today you know between your phone calls uh especially at the beginning of the show we don't get a lot of folks calling in and i want to hear what Allison's been doing and uh, you know a lot of our listeners are car race fans and so they like to hear it too but you know allison is here to answer your car repair questions you can also always send us an email the address is auto at mpbonline.org so allison we're talking about fixing up your 89 nissan 240sx what what kind of condition was it in when you first purchased it
2: It actually wasn't in too bad a condition. I had to rebuild the transmission. And other than that, it was up and running and and running really well up until I locked the engine up in it and decided to do a full build on it. I'd only done a few upgrades before that, just a little brakes and suspension. But so with this build, I decided that basically I'm doing everything in the car. So when I'm done, it'll be a full build. I have the first phase of it that... Um, I'm going through now, and then there's going to be body work and more upgrades to the the powertrain and that sort of thing later on. But for right now, we're just doing the first phase of it, and that's involved a whole bunch of things. And some of it is the engine rebuild that you see um, that I post on Facebook a lot about
1: yeah well we we've we're getting some calls coming in so you you worked on the transmission you've worked on the suspension and now you're working on the the engine itself what what within the engine you know what are what are we seeing in some of those pictures what is what is goes into rebuilding an engine
2: what I did is I boarded over twenty which has basically made the cylinders bigger and I put bigger pistons in it and upgraded the the pistons there are forged um, re- just really high quality uh, forged rods and and aluminum piston heads and they're real high quality so upgraded that uh and basically cleaned it up really good cleaned out all the oil reservoirs and all that and on the heads we um Put it in, polished it up a little bit, but mainly um, just cleaned it up from a stock head on it, which will use that alone to give it more power, Um, just cleaning it up and getting it where it seals tightly and, and freshen that up. So that's the main thing that's going on with the engine.
1: And we've seen on some of your social media posts You know, you don't do all this in your own backyard. What are some uh, companies or some individuals who have helped you hoist it out or take it to use their equipment or, you know, things like that?
2: I've had a lot of help. I have Jeff Burrows helping me with the engine at his shop at Jackson Cylinder and Head. And uh, he's been probably the biggest help so far just uh, unbelievable amount of help that he had g- gave me on rebuilding my engine and knowledge and it's just it's he's phenomenal um, and he just asked that I pass this information along to some the next person and that comes along and so I hope I get the chance and opportunity to do that uh, another is Christopher Gage he's the one that gave me the, the turbo kit and the ECU the computer upgrade and he's going to be wiring in the wiring harness for me, so big shout-out to him. He's a big help. And he gave me it for a good price, a really good price. And uh, Adam Hewitt in North Carolina is who I got the engine from and the five-speed transmission that's going into it and i basically swapped the interior of my car for that so i basically got it for free so i stripped the interior of my car and took it all to north carolina and swapped it with my friend in north carolina for his engine and transmission and so big shout out to him he's been a big he's a big help and uh, and then he helps answer questions and stuff like that that i have so i definitely have some people backing me on this build i think anyone that's doing something like this, you know, it, it they've got people that help or they have to ask questions at some point, and it's great to have people backing me up for that.
1: Let's take one call before we go to break. Let's go to Wayne in Holly Springs. Wayne, thanks so much for giving us a call to autocorrect today. What's going on?
3: I have a Ford F-150, 03 F-150, and my um, air seems to be stuck coming up by the windshield. I'm trying to find out what can I do to fix that. Someone, oh, no, says, someone no, 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 advised okay. me that my actuator is stopped working?
2: Yeah, your actuator's gotten stuck. Uh, so you'd have to diagnose what's going on with that. Um, it could be in the switch, but it could be the actual actuator itself is, is stuck. Where and is it that located?
3: That's what I want to know, where it's located. If I know where the it problem is. Up is it's up
2: under the is. dash, and it's hard to get to. Um, you'd ha- you can Google how to probably to get up under there and get to that actuator and take off panels and, and stuff like that to get to it. But it's it's way up under your dash, up under there, and it has the vents to it. So it'll be. One? be able one to is there one actuator, or is
3: more than one?
2: There should be one for the defrost to actuate the door to open that. So it should be one for that one and it vent to those. But um, what I would do is Google it, though, and see if you can find some information on someone else having this problem and if they've fixed it on their truck. A lot of times it's common problems that we have, and you're able to look it up. And that will give you an idea of how to get in under that dash, and which panels to take take off, and what screws to undo, and to get get to the actuator.
3: Do you have any idea what it would cost if I were to take it to the dealership?
2: I have no idea. Um, okay. It, yeah, you're. I would assume maybe around three to four hundred dollars, and and that's a little bit of a low estimate. Hopefully, it wouldn't take very long to get into. So. Three to $400 is just a guess, but
1: that, that kind of gives you an idea.
3: All right. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you, Wayne, from Holly Springs. We're going to be taking more of your phone calls and your emails. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. I'm very excited to hear about uh, Allison fixing up her car. It's it's a mystery to me. <laughs> and if your car is under recall, do you know if it is? We're gonna tell you some that are when we come back. You're listening to autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, we hope that you find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week there are approximately 267,000 model year 2013 to 15. Toyota Prius Hybrids and model year 2014 to 17 Prius. I don't know if this is a V or a 5 hybrid. Uh, dealers will update the hybrid system software. For customer satisfaction, if the car has experienced an inverter failure with certain hybrid system faults related to this condition, the inverter will be repaired or replaced. All repairs will be done for free. Remember that, folks, if there is a recall, the dealers fix it for free. So, you know, make sure you keep on top of that. Also, the 2020 Ford Expedition and the Lincoln Navigator. Dealers will inspect and replace the attachment bracket for the second row driver's side head restraint as necessary for free. And you can find out if your own car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHA. TSA.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. Today we've been talking about Allison's race car rebuild, but we also want to take your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org we do have some phone calls to go to. Let's go to Dawn in Lexington. Don, thanks for hanging on. What's uh, Thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. What's going on?
2: Hi, good morning. Um, can you hear me?
1: Oh, very well.
2: Oh, great. So I have some
0: questions for Allison. Um, she's talking about rebuilding a race car. Uh, but tell us a couple, three questions. One, what kind of racing is it? Describe the actual race, because you said the fastest speed is like 40 miles an hour. And then two... Um, how long do you expect your rebuild engine to last racing like that
2: And then the third question Is what kind of maintenance Do you need to do after each race Oh good Questions really good questions um, So to answer The first one um, we talked About it more last week but the different Racing I do is in the main racing I do is autocross racing And that's where they set up cones in a Parking lot and you go through them as fast As you can and you get you can get up to about 65-70 miles per hour but that's about the limit of it and that's if you have a big wide turn and it's called a sweeper if you have a big sweeper turn and you can get up to those speeds but basically it's low speed it's it's um 15-20 miles per hour average and okay is uh it's just kind of like drift racing well, drifting is where you actually want to lose the rear end on the car and make it go sideways. Whereas autocross, you're trying to make it stick and keep the corner without without losing traction. So drifting is about losing traction, and autocross is about maintaining as much traction as possible. So they're they're very different in the way that you approach it. Um, so, and it's a different crowd. It's a very different crowd. The drifting is a popular, uh, younger crowd. Uh, younger people doing it. Autocross is, uh, it's more diversity in the age, age group that you see there doing it. Um, drifting didn't has not been around as long as autocross. Autocross has been around. At, let's see that we've been autocrossing in Mississippi since the '60s. So it, that's about when it started. And drifting has been around since. In in Tokyo, they were doing it in the late 80s, I think, is when it's really started getting popular. So it's a a younger form of racing. And it came over to America. It got really big with the Fast and the Furious um, with them. So that that's when you started seeing it really, really get popular is around the time that that movie came out. Um, and I think mainly we're talking about the Tokyo Drift movie, the second, I believe that was the second Fast and Furious. So that's the kind of uh, racing. And I will be, I might do a little bit of drifting with it, but um, I'm also going to drag race it and hopefully get some track time in too, which um, the, the, which is a lot more dangerous and high speed. And, uh, but the car will be plenty capable enough to do it. I'll be, I'll have enough horsepower to be able to do that, um, hopefully successfully. Um, as far as the build and, uh, how long I expect it to last. It, a friend of mine did this build on his car, uh, and I mentioned him. It's Christopher Gage, and he's the one that sold me the turbo kit and the ECU and everything. He had this same setup on his car on a motor that had not been rebuilt, and he drove it for over three years and was still driving it when he decided to take the turbo kit off of his car and sell it. And so he drove it as a daily driver. And drove it hard, so I'm only racing mine, so I expect it to last a, a long time. And um, so, you know, basing it on how long his lasted. And as far as maintenance after the race, there'll be uh, you're going to have a, a few oil changes at the beginning of the build to clean everything out, and your break-in oil, and that sort of thing. And adjusting the valves um, should have to do that at least one time, and um, maybe more than that. But that's the main maintenance that I, I would be looking at, and, uh, and upgrading the turbo is one thing that I want to do on, on this car that's going to be a little different than what Christopher Gage did on his. Uh, I'll keep the same size turbo, I'll just get a higher quality one and what he's got on it. So that's kind of what you're looking at as far as what I'll be doing to keep the car going and how reliable it will be.
1: What kind of maintenance do you do in between races? Do or...
2: uh, you, you tighten everything down? It, it loosens things up, so you really you want to do an inspection and try to make sure you know that everything is tight on a car um, because it, as you're... You're turning it hard over and over constantly, so it's, it puts a lot of pressure on your bolts and everything. Things can start getting loose on autocross cars. So that's one thing that you would look out for, one of the main things.
1: Don, thanks so much for calling in. We love hearing from our listeners about uh, hearing wanting to know more about Allison and what she's up to. We also love answering vehicle repair questions. All right, let's now go... Thank you, bye Thanks, Don. Let's now go to Centerville and speak with Roscoe. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect, Roscoe. What is your comment or question?
0: Well, first, thanks for accepting my call. Uh, I have a 2018 Ford Fusion, and when it gets hot, the warning light comes on for my tire pressure. And I'm noticing that when the light comes on, showing one tire PSI at 25, but when I check the tire, it's normal. And the others for the last week has been going, uh, the PSI has been going from like 36 to 42, but this one tire stays at like between 25 and 28. And I'm wondering, is that normal? Do I need to get a sensor or something checked?
2: You may have to get a sensor checked, and and you should be able to do that at any reputable tire shop. should have a tire pressure monitor system okay. checker and that's its own separate little computer machine of its own it takes a little talent to know how to use it but any reputable tire place should be able to check that for you and that's anyone out there that has a tire pressure light on that you can't figure out tire shops mm-hmm. have a little it's a little computer and they plug it in at the same thing on your obd2 port where they would plug in to check a check engine light, and it'll read that monitor system and let them know if the sensor's acting up on there and, and give you more uh,
1: information about what why that light is on.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, thank you very much.
2: You're very welcome.
1: Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We'll be taking more of your car repair questions next What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns.
1: Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and we sure hope that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show, our show on the MPB Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Because MPB really does rely on contributions to purchase our national programs. Programming to keep the lights on, we are public media, and um, we need to get the money from the public. So, thank you so much for your contributions. If you're a current supporter, if not, maybe see if you could uh, see give us you know five dollars a month or something. You can do that on the app. Thank you for contributing to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Now, Consumer Reports rounded up the poorest used models of the past decade. Today, we're going to caution you about the Ram fifteen hundred. Uh, Detroit's fifteen hundred pickup trucks scored well for the decades worth of results from two thousand and seven to sixteen in Consumer Reports testing, but Ram showed a few spots. The twenty fourteen And the 2016 models got the never buy rating due to poor reliability scores. The heavy-duty models, the 2500 from 12, 14, and 15, also rated poorly in the reliability department. Brake systems and power components were the trouble areas in these trucks. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car. Suggests consumer reports. Um, Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. Hey, Allison, next week. We're going to have a guy from Edmonds.com and we're going to talk about trucks. So maybe he'll mention this uh, Ram 1500 and the most popular vehicle, the Ford F-150. But we'll hear about all kinds of trucks, so y'all get your truck questions ready. If you are interested in reviews of new cars, our friend Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto Industry for over 25 years. His review this week is on the 2020 Cadillac XT5 Sport and the Mercedes AMG GLC 43. We had him on the show a few weeks ago, and he mentioned he's got an upcoming review, and he's wearing his MPB T-shirt, and he mentions AutoCorrect. So we'll have to let you know when that hits his YouTube channel, which he also has called At Auto Casey. But today we've been talking about Allison's race car rebuild, but we also want your repair questions. You can send them to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. We do have a call on the line. Let's go to Larry in Hazelhurst. Larry, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
3: Well, I have a 2015 Prius. In the first two years, I got 44, 45 well, for The last year or more, I have not gotten a forty. I get the thirties, 36, thirty-six, thirty-nine. Now, I heard I, I tried putting in a new battery. That didn't change it. And then recently, I heard somebody on your show say that it could be injectors can cause bad gas mileage. Should I have them cleaned? The, the dealer suggested cleaning the, the injectors.
2: And that did, did did that do anything to it?
3: Uh, I have not done the injectors. I've only put the battery.
2: Okay, you're asking if if you, you should do that. Um, right. yeah, that that may help. It, it may help, but um, doing the intake clean is something that dealerships usually offer too. And you can do that, or you can do it yourself and get the can at the auto parts store. And do an intake clean. It can be a little bit difficult to do on a Prius to keep the engine turned on. So it might be better to do that, have that done at a dealership. But, uh, yeah. on yeah, regular I, cars, it's really easy to do right, because your engine yeah, stays on. Right. Uh-huh, but that right, does right. help your gas mileage. But other than that, I, I don't know why your gas mods would be that much. That drastically lower on a Prius. Mine gets 38 miles per gallon, but it's loaded down with tools, and yeah. and uh, my battery is a little bit weak, the 12 volt battery. Yeah. And I haven't changed it yet. So I was hoping I'd be able to get a little bit better gas mileage once I did that. Um, well, but I tried it's. That I,
3: put, I, I had to dig it up, put a new. Toyota battery in it and uh, $238 or something. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to go uh, try to get the uh, injectors cleaned because uh, it doesn't make sense that it's dropped down that much. I might, i I'd get 38, 39, uh, but I used at, at 75, I always got 45 miles a gallon. But now, mm-hmm. at 43, I might get 40, 42 or 3 on the indicator. But it of on so the indicator, don't count. I get three less than whatever the indicator says.
2: Yeah. my The indicator on any car I've never seen be accurate. Right. Uh, the, the way that they calculate it up or something, it's just, it's just not an accurate read right. of what's actually going on with the, the vehicle. So um, I, I agree with that. Well, I'll try to so, get the
3: injectors clean. I thank you for your program. I enjoy it very much.
2: Thank you. Call us back if you get it figured out and let Thank us know you. what worked. I, would I like to know Thank that you. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Uh, Allison, we have an email. Uh, Let's see if this is something you could help Joy with. Hi, Allison. I have a 2015 Nissan Cube. The HVAC cable that changes the air direction is stuck. I can only move it a couple of positions, then it gets harder to turn and will not turn any further. I took the control panel out, and the problem does not seem to be in the gears or knob. It's like the cable is being obstructed from moving through the sheathing. Any ideas?
2: Yeah. um, Possibly something has gotten stuck in in the actuator door itself and not letting it move. Uh, So she might want to go in where that cable attaches to the door itself to get in there. And this is similar to the other uh, person's question about getting under the dash to get into where the actuator is. That's where we're talking about she needs to look into to get under the dash and get in there and see if she can get that fixed. And she may can Google that and see if other people have had that problem and what a fix was for that and possibly get on a Nissan Cube forum and see if she can get some answers like that that might help shoot her in the right direction. For her. It sounds like she's a DIYer, so maybe she can fix it herself and get in there and and see what's going on with that door. Maybe maybe something has stuck on there or it's just jammed itself and it needs to be undone or or loosened or something.
1: All right. Well, we'll uh, email Joy and let her know that you've answered her question over the air. We have been discussing Allison's Auto uh, Race Car Rebuild, but we want to also take your vehicle repair questions. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you in just a bit. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: you already know, MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org slash support.
1: This is autocorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our live program, you can always listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. We hope that you'll stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod, who has been a guest on our program talking about kids and cars. So, Allison, we have this love-hate relationship with some of these new safety features, and this was in the news. Tesla driver blames autopilot crash Faces negligent driving charge. The driver reportedly told police he must not have been paying attention when he plowed into the back of a parked police car on the side of the road. This isn't an uncommon behavior for adaptive cruise control systems. Often these systems use radar to match the speed of moving vehicles ahead. This is fairly easy to do with radar, which can directly measure another vehicle's velocity. However, such systems may completely ignore stationary vehicles since radar radar has poor angular resolution and can't distinguish stationary objects near the road like a concrete lane divider from an obstacle in the vehicle's travel lane. Adaptive cruise control works well enough most of the time, but it can lead to the rare case where if a driver is parked in the travel lane, and I guess the travel lane, they mean like uh, the, the median or something, and a car with adaptive cruise control is being driven by a driver who isn't paying attention, the two can crash. Yikes. Yikes! Yeah, that doesn't sound too good to me at all. <laughs> I am Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic Allison Walker, ASE certified. We've got a couple of calls. We're going to go to. Let's go to Jim in Madison. Jim, thanks so much for giving us a call this today. What's up with you?
0: Good morning. Um, I, I really like Allison's recommendations for do-it-yourselfers to Google the problem or to use the manufacturer's forum those are great resources but i've had a lot of uh, success uh, looking for youtube videos on how to make repairs because the added visual is of immense help uh, especially when you're doing something for the first time and there there is an unbelievable number of youtube videos on car repairs
2: It is. Just about anything that you need to do has been done just about on a
1: YouTube video. Just about. (laughs) Allison, what are ways to tell if the YouTuber is a good guy, you know, good gal, a gal who is doing it the right way?
2: Uh, That's probably just hard to tell unless you're a mechanic probably um, and kind of can can tell like, if they know how to uh, describe what sockets and everything that they're using. I've noticed some of them, they don't describe that and they kind of leave that information out. Um, so your better videos tell you what size stuff that you need. Um, 1A Auto has a ton of videos and they always tell you what size sockets and everything you need so it makes it a lot more informative video. Um, some videos I've seen on YouTube is the person doesn't even talk, and they just have music playing while they're doing the repair. And in, unless you know what's going on, that's very confusing. So that that's one of the ones that's not going to be as, as helpful. So you want the ones that explain it, and they have it listed out, what you need, and maybe listed in the description of the video of what things that you need and they probably have a lot of videos chris fix is a really good one eric the car guy scotty kimmel um uh, these are all really good uh, car repair guys that you can trust what they're doing and they're ASC certified all three of the ones that i just mentioned so that that kind of goes the ASC certification uh kind of helps with your deciding on who to pay attention to on your youtube videos also
1: Jim, what have you learned to do from watching YouTube videos, or what have you tried to tackle?
2: Well, I
0: have a 99 Mazda Miata, and the, the amount of information that's available about a Miata self-repair is just unbelievable. I've, I've rebuilt my uh, shifter a couple of times. I've repaired a broken window, power window um, mechanism. I've... Um, Oh, I've done the brakes. I've done. I've adjusted my um, my uh, emergency brake. Uh, I've done um, basic stuff like plug and plug wires uh, repairs. I replaced. Oh, I did replace the uh, the coil packs there are two of them uh which are situated on the very back side of the engine right next to the firewall and they're just about impossible to reach but i, I got some nice tips from you so i've done a good number of things on on the Mazda, but the, the miatas lend themselves to uh do-it-yourselfers
1: awesome. fantastic thanks for that tip uh jim we hope our listeners uh learn from you thanks Let's move to Kim, who's called in on the road. Drive extra carefully, Kim. What's your comment or question for autocorrect today? Oh, Kim, we hope you're still there. Mm, Kim can't hear us or has dropped off. All right. Well, Allison, let's finish up uh, the rest of the hour hearing more about your uh, race car rebuild. I'm just, I'm just so fascinated with this because this is, you know, I, I host a auto car, auto show, but I don't do my auto repairs. So I'm, I'm fascinated with the amount of knowledge that you have and the amount of effort that you're putting into this, this uh, baby that you've gotten. Now, y- you mentioned that you got your '89 Nissan SX, and you did some work on it in. Then you you locked it up uh and now you're you're going back to do uh some more work when um How long has this been taking you uh to do th- your work on your engine? I know you you don't do it forty hours a week
2: right um so i've done it I've gone in about weekly um sometimes a few times a week and i I started this project, and I took the engine out and started the rebuild process on the new engine I believe that started in November and that was taking it apart and and then bringing it to the shops to have it have them have them worked on and that's when Jeff when I met Jeff to do he was going to do my head work for me uh, that he offered for me to build the engine there in his shop and do the head work myself and and do the uh, the block. The, I had the block done at a different shop, but but we brought the block over there and finished the build at at his place. I'm almost done with it now. Um, that I've kind of drawn out that process because I'm enjoying it so much, and I, I can't. I don't want it to be over with. So I've I've taken my time and really taken my time and done it as slowly as possible for building the engine. And the engine is actually the easy part. The rest of it is the hard part that I've got to do, the five-speed swap, the putting in the turbo, installing all that, the piping and everything, wiring in the wiring harness, um, relocating the battery, putting in a new throttle cable, putting in a new uh, clutch pedal in it. All that stuff has to be done, and that's where the hard part is. So the rebuilding the engine has been the easier part, but it's it's been so much fun. It's, a, it's been an amazing process of, of doing that and getting hands-on learning experience with that. It's been absolutely
1: phenomenal. Allison, I am just grinning uh, ear to ear because... I would never do this in a million years, <laughs> but I love hearing how excited you are about it, and I love hearing that this is an opportunity for you to use your skills. You know, someone else is helping you with this, so you're learning some more skills. This is a, a hobby for you, but it's also, it, it's your passion, and that's what you've you've mentioned a number of times. When you're looking for a mechanic, find one that's passionate, Right.
2: Yes, that loved their work and, of course, knowledgeable, but one that loved it. I have met mechanics who do not like their job, and they weren't as good. <laughs> Why they were doing mechanic work, I'm not real sure.
1: Okay, well, now tell us a little bit, what, what have you got left to do on the engine business?
2: On the engine, I've got to clean up the alternator. It's dirty. It's ugly. And if you look on my Facebook page and you see how pretty that engine is, I don't want to put that ugly alternator on there. Um, so I'm cleaning that up right now. I'm waiting for the rotor button. I've got the rotor cap for the distributor, but I need the, the rotor button to put it on. So we had to order that off of Amazon which amazon's crazy good for car parts too um so we've done that and waiting on those parts to get in here and the plug wires uh so that's pretty much what's left on the engine which is not much at all and so then it'll just be the process of uh when Christopher Gage can come over and and help me to finish up uh, doing the wiring harness and get that process started uh, He just moved into a new house and is moving and all that stuff, so he's busy. But as soon as he gets free, we're going to start working on that part of it, which will be a lot of fun and a a big learning experience for me.
1: You know, life happens. (laughs) What was the other – there was a website that you and a number of listeners have mentioned that that's where they like to go to get car parts sometimes?
2: RockAuto.com.
1: That's right.
2: Yes, love love Rock Auto. Everyone uses Rock Auto. Everyone, uh, your professionals to your DIYers to, to shops and everyone. So they're they're an awesome source for auto parts. They're an awesome source for information. I like to look and see what different engines are in different cars, and they'll list it for you. And you can go through and see what parts it needs, or if it has a timing belt and that sort of thing. So I I actually use it as a information source too.
1: Fantastic. Now, you did mention you were going to do some body work. We've got 30 seconds left. Are you going to paint it a pretty color, or do you need to hammer some things out? What are you going to be doing? Got to
2: hammer some things out. Unfortunately, on my car, it has some rear-end damage where it got hit on the the back right rear passenger side, and it kind of uh, bent into the trunk a little bit, so that will have to actually be pulled out. It lines up correct now, and I'm hoping it still lines up. Uh, straight when we're done with that. So when I get finished with all this other stuff and erase it a little bit, then i start tackling the body work that needs to be done on it and that's a whole process in itself and yeah it'll be getting uh, fresh paint and everything so it'll be eventually it'll be a whole new car
1: (laughs) well we can't wait to keep up with you on social media the lady auto mechanic on Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook Twitter that's going to wrap us up for today's auto correct thank you Java Chapman and Michelle McAdoo it takes a team to put this show on so for Allison Walker who is the lady auto mechanic I'm Liz Gill hey Jay White's there too join us each Thursday For autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.